The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. The sermon today was preached several years ago by Elder Chris Taylor here at Zion Church. Brother Chris is the pastor of Antioch Primitive Baptist Church in Vero Beach, Florida, and he was up here visiting one Sunday night. He took us over to the book of Exodus, the third chapter, and he reminded us that when we face seemingly impossible tasks, nothing is impossible with God. Join us today for this wonderful message, which gives us encouragement and help in our time of need. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
ask you to pray for me as we get into God's Word tonight. And we're going to read out of Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to read a little bit about the life of Moses. Let's get started. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, but, and, and the bush was not consumed. As Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place hereon thou standest is holy ground. So we see uh, the presence of God here. And if God is present, surely it's holy ground. Amen. Verse 6, Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large into a land flowing with milk and honey and to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. I'm sure Moses started shaking in his boots then. I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11. Here's Moses' first objection here. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. This is God speaking. Certainly I'll be with thee. And this this shall be a token unto unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, Who is his name? Or what is his name? What shall I say unto them? Verse 14, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Now, I would like to use this portion of Scripture and the example of Moses to bring forth a hopefully a a God-given lesson here. Have you ever been confronted with a seemingly impossible situation? 
You may have, and the fact is you probably will in the future. I would like to use the example of Moses here in Exodus chapter 3 to show the child of God how he can navigate the impossible situation that confronts him and possibly turn stumbling stones into stepping stones. Now God's word is here to tell you and me that you can do this. You can do this. You might have an impossible financial problem confronting you. You may get a monthly paycheck, but you may find out that you've got more month for your money. (laughs) Your money may be funny and your change is strange. Right? You may be confronted with a marriage problem that seemingly it's impossible to resolve. I'm here to tell you, you can do this. Amen. Amen. Right. Your children might be going crazy, might be uncontrollable. And if you've seen the Taylor kids, you might be comforting. Anyway, your children might be really going crazy. And you might say, this is an impossible situation. But I'm telling you, I'm not here to tell you, but God's word is telling you, you can do this. Amen. Amen. Are you confronted with the impossible situation? Have you, have you think, do you think you've exhausted all your resources and you are backed into a corner? Mm. Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 4. I can do all things yeah. through Christ that strengtheneth me. Yeah, right. Amen. So you can't do it on your own, yeah. but you can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Now... Exodus chapter 3. The first objection we already read in verse 11. Who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt? Now think about this. We see quite a difference here in the character of Moses than we saw of him just the previous chapter. In Exodus chapter 2, we read about him. He goes out to his people and, and the text says he sees the burden of his people. Yeah. And then he sees an Egyptian soldier abusing one of the Hebrew children. Mm-hmm. So he looks this way and he looks that way. And he slays. He took, takes it upon himself to slay the Egyptian soldier and to bury him in the sand. He took this upon himself. He was, quite, I guess, quite full of himself at the right. time. Right. So compare that to what he's saying in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Who am I? I mean, he was ready to do it all by himself. Then Exodus chapter 2. Now in Exodus chapter 3, it says, Who am I to bring the people, my children, my fellow brethren, the children of Israel, out of Egypt? And that's not all. We see the second objection in in, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. He says, says, and Moses says, But they won't believe me. They won't believe me. So God says, okay, I'm going to give you some signs. First of all, I'm going to give you a rod. And when you cast this rod down, it's going to turn to a serpent. I'm also going to give you a second miracle. He says, you can take your hand, put it to your breast. Take it out, it's going to be leprous. Put it back in your breast, bring it out, it's going to be fine. It's going to be healed. God says, if they don't believe the first miracle, they'll believe the second miracle. Plus, I'm going to kick in an extra miracle. He says, go out and get some water out of Nile, pour it on the ground, and it'll turn to blood. So surely they will believe you. Here's the third objection. 
he says, but I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech. God says, I'm the... Like God is losing his patience. Listen, I made your arms, I made your legs, I made your mouth. All right? I will be your mouth in this situation. Moses is not through. Fourth objection. Send someone with me. And finally, God's anger is kindled. And he says, fine. Take your brother Aaron, and he will be your mouthpiece. Once again, we see quite a difference between the Moses of Exodus chapter 3 and 4 from the Moses of Exodus chapter 2. Now, we have to look at Moses' life in a timeline. First of all, we know that Moses lived 120 years old. We've heard this before, but it's, it's true. In the first 40 years, we see Moses grew up in the palaces and pomp and circumstance of Pharaoh's house. Second 40 years, we see him on the backside of the desert. In the third portion of his life, the last 40 years, we see Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. So in the first 40 years, Moses thought he was really something. In the second 40 years, he found out he was really nothing. And in the third 40 years, he found out God is everything. Now, but we see Moses in Exodus chapter 3 having some confidence problems. Because he sees this as an impossible situation. Brothers and sisters, we all run into this. Because this world is a dark and scary place, right. isn't it? Right. It's daunting. It's scary. Yeah. But God is here to give us confidence. Amen. Right. He tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship. <laughs> created in Christ Jesus, created for what? Good works. Right. Right. Which he hath before ordained that we should walk in right. them. Amen. But sisters, Moses was born for this. Yes. Right? Yes. He was born from this right to the beginning. And I'm here to tell you, you are born for your destiny. And you have a destiny. What is your destiny? Your destiny, my friends, is to be obedient to Christ no matter what the circumstances and no matter what the hurdles. That is your destiny. Your destiny is to be a representative of Christ while you're on the job. Right, right. If you're going to have a family, your destiny is to have the best family, God-fearing family, possible. Amen. If you're going to get married, your destiny is to have the best marriage, biblically speaking, there ever ever was. Amen. If you're going to have children, your God-given destiny is to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Amen. Raise God-fearing children. Yes. And much, much more. And Moses is going to teach us how we are to fulfill our God-given destiny. Maybe give us some helpful hints. What did Moses need to do? Moses had a confidence problem. What Moses needed to do is he needed to count his blessings. You need to remember your past blessings. And Brother Chris, that's what he preached to us yesterday. And we need to draw on our past blessings to gain strength for today. Every time we sing that hymn, that's what we need to be thinking about. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Because it will give you confidence for the day. And give you confidence to say, yes, I could do this. Now what Moses needed to do is he needed to look back. He needed to look back 80 years. 80 years till the time he is put in an ark of bulrushes and set in the night. That's what Moses, that's what 
his mama did because there was a, a decree from Pharaoh that every Hebrew child should be drowned in the river Nile. In fact, he had another decree. He, every time he tried to afflict the Hebrew children, they grew more prosperous. It just worked the opposite, right? Because God was with them. His presence was with them. So, what did Moses' mother do? She put him in the ark of bulrushes and set him in the Nile, floated down the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter is bathing in the Nile. She hears the cries of the baby. Now, she has two choices when she finds that baby. She could fulfill her, fair, her father's edict and drown that baby in the water. Or number two, she can have compassion on the baby. She chose number two. Amen. And she had compassion on that child. While she was doing that, there was somebody else watching. Watching from a nearby hill. It was, it was his sister, Miriam. We know Moses had Aaron as a brother, Miriam as a sister. She's watching the scene. And she sees that Pharaoh's daughter has compassion upon this baby. So she runs down there and says, do you need me to fetch a Hebrew woman to nurse this baby? And uh, Pharaoh's daughter says, yes. She saw it was a Hebrew baby. Go fetch a Hebrew woman. So what did Marion do? She went and go fetch his real mama. Right. Right. Yeah. Moses' mama walks up and uh, Pharaoh's daughter looks at her and says, you nurse this baby and I'll pay you wages. <laughs> So mama's, ma, Moses' mama got paid to raise her own child. <laughs> That's right. Now, brother, me, me and Brother Chris are bemoaning the fact of how much money it costs to raise children. He's got four, right? I've got four. Uh, it says it's estimated it'll cost $250,000 to raise each child. You know what that makes us, Brother Chris? Makes us negative millionaires. <laughs> Amen, brother. Negative millionaires. Amen. But check this out. Check this out. Pharaoh's, Pharaoh was Moses' enemy. Amen? Right. Consider this verse of Scripture found in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. It says, The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. That means, that tells me something, that God can use the money of your enemy... To support the just and give him a blessing. See, see, Moses went from Pharaoh's enemy to Pharaoh's grandson. Amen? Pharaoh's money bought Moses his first playpen and his first baby bed. Pharaoh's money bought Moses' first pampers and a simulac. Pharaoh's money bought Moses his private school and education. Pharaoh's money bought Moses his first Hollister shirt and his first pair of diesel jeans. Let's bring this down to our... Let's bring it to the 80s. Pharaoh's money brought Moses his first member's jacket and his Calvin Klein's. Now we can relate, can't we? We can relate. The point is, Moses' money paid for everything. God says, I'm going to raise you up, Moses, to be the deliverer of my people, and I'm going to make Pharaoh pay for it. Isn't God's word wonderful? Now, that's what Moses needed to be thinking about in Exodus chapter 3, to give him confidence. If God can do that, God can do anything. He can even use you. Moses.
excuses, Mr. Slow of speech, and low confidence to do God's work. And I'm here to tell you, you can fulfill your destiny. But one of the things you need to do is you need to look at your past blessings. See, Moses is an example of how God can take the unrighteousness of man or his money and use it for his own purposes. God can use someone at the lowest point in their life to bring them up to the mountaintop. That's right. That's right. And uses somebody else's resources to do it. Yeah. I've got a sister in my church at Antioch. Uh, she really didn't have anything. But she had a dream. She had a vision. Remember what it says, without a vision, the people perish. And she wanted to help disabled vets and people with handicaps and wanted to train dogs to assist them. She formed an organization called Dogs for Life. And uh, she didn't have anything. But she worked and she worked. And she got sponsors and people came in. Some of them remained friends, but some of them turned out to be enemies. But she now has a, a more than a million dollar dog park. She has a program with many people involved. And she is helping vets and people with handicaps all over Florida. Amen. And the people that became enemies, guess what? She kept their money. <laughs> and he's using it to do God's work. Brother and sister, first thing we need to do is we need to count our, our blessings. Remember our past blessings. Number two, we need to learn what God does. We need to learn what good works are. First of all, what are good works? Because this is what we're doing. We're learning how to do good works. Now, this is wonderful. Outside of God, do you know there's nothing good outside of God? Right. You know, our childhood prayer, what does it say? God is great and God is good. Amen. Amen. Brother Marty Smith brought this out. It's so wonderful. There is nothing, if you find any good in anybody or anything, it's because God gave them that. Amen. Amen. That's right. Goodness is a characteristic of God. <laughs> right. And He's the fountain of it. Yeah. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither is there shadow of turning. Right. If there's anything good, it's coming from God. Amen. And what is man doing? What is the world doing? The world is trying to establish good or define what is good outside of God. And whenever you try to establish or know or define good outside of God, you're only going to find evil. All you have to do is go to the garden. Adam, the first man. He was good. He was made good and very good. Adam didn't know anything but good. And he had one rule. Do not eat of what tree? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What did Satan or the serpent come and say? He says, eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt not surely die, but ye shall become as gods. Right? So what did Adam do? He voluntarily disobeyed God's law. He violated God's law. And before, whereas Adam knew nothing but good, now Adam knows good and he knows evil and shame. That's right. Now, what was the, somebody put forth this and consider this. Maybe the real sin 
was that Adam was attempting to know good without God. And when you attempt to know good without God, all you get is evil. For example, what is the sin du jour right now? The sin du jour, you can name it probably as homosexuality. It's nothing more than premarital sin. And what is defined? Now, Brother Joe, what did we have the other night that was so delicious? We killed, there was a hog was killed and we ate pork. Now, if we asked the world what the worst sin would be between killing a hog and eating pork and homosexuality, what would the world say was worse? They probably picked killing the hog and eating the pork, right? right. The world is upside down. Amen. Right. So the world, when it is trying to define what is good outside of God, which you cannot do. Amen. And in the end, it's just evil and sinful. And you know why the world is trying to define good outside of God? Because of what Satan did. He says, the day thou eatest thereof, you should not surely die. You shall become as gods. That's what the earth, that's what the world is trying to do. They want to be gods without God. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, if we're going to do a good work, we know it cannot be apart from God. Amen. If you're going to do a good work, it has to be from God's precepts. Right. So, brothers and sisters, if you have a vision, which I hope we do, remember Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of Jesus Amen. Christ. That's right. Because he is the only yes. fount and source of Amen. good. Amen. Number one, we need to remember our past blessings. And that's to give us confidence. Number two, we need to know what good works are to give us commitment. Mm -hmm. And lastly, number three, we need the presence of God to give us conviction. What do we read in just the first six verses of Exodus chapter 3? We see the palpable presence of God. We see a burning bush that is not consumed. When he sees Moses turning aside to see this great sight, God speaks to Moses from within the burning bush. And he says, don't come close. Don't come hither. Instead, take off your shoes, for the ground thou standest on is holy ground. You're in the presence of God. Now, how many objections did we count from Moses? I probably missed some. But each and every objection Moses gives to working the works of God, Moses, God responds this way. He says, who am I to go deliver the children of Israel? Uh, I don't even know your name. I'm slow of speech. I'm not eloquent. I really need a spokesman. Every time he gave these objections, God responded with, I'll be with you. Amen. Right. That's right. <laughs> And that's all we need, brothers and sisters. We need, all we need is the presence of God. That's right. You may say, all I have is God. Well, <laughs> God is all you need. Amen. Let me says, I need more money in order to fulfill my destiny. No, you don't. You need more God. Amen. I need a bigger house. I need a better job. No, you need more God. Amen. Anything I'm doing, I need more God. And this is how David put it in Psalms chapter 22. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, 
because I have a lot of money. I, I will feel no evil because I go to a big church with big membership. No, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Amen. Amen. Consider Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Did God's presence make a difference to them? Amen, it did. Now, God could have easily just taken them out of the furnace, couldn't he? But he didn't take them out of the furnace. He got in the furnace with them. There's the fourth in there, and he's likened it to the Son of God. Amen. I could cry, brothers and sisters. That's so yeah. wonderful. Amen. Now, consider, uh, what is it, Mark chapter 4, when Jesus Christ is in the ship, and he's asleep on a pillow in the hinder part of the ship, and a storm hits, and they're, 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 they're in a tizzy. They know they're going to die, and they find their Savior not as worried as them, not trying to help them. Instead, he is sleeping in the hinder part of ship on a pillow. Right. Master, carest thou not that we perish? And what did, what did Jesus say? He just said, how is it that ye have no faith? Why is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? Why did he ask those questions? Why are you so fearful? Yes, we're in the midst of the storm. Yes, we may be in the midst of the furnace. But I'm right here. I'm with you. Do you notice that Jesus Christ is in the hinder part of the ship? You know where that is? That's near the steerage. You know where he was? He was in the captain's quarters of that ship. When they found him asleep on the pillow, they should have known he's in control because he's the captain. He's the captain of the ship. He's going to guide this ship. Why are you so fearful? Next time you're confronted with a seemingly impossible situation, brothers and sisters, don't get in a tizzy. Don't blame Jesus. Just say, Jesus, be with me. Amen. Are you here with me? If he's here with you, you have nothing to fear. Because thou art with me. Thou art with me. If Moses is going to do the work of God, if, he, if Moses is going to do the work of God, he needs to spend time with the God of the work. I'll say that over again. That's so good. If Moses is going to do the work of God, He's got to spend time with the God of the Word. Amen. Right. And that's what you and I got to do. Amen. How do you spend time with God? You spend time with God by coming out on Sunday night Amen. and going to that's worship right. service. Amen. You spend time with God singing these blessed hymns. Amen. You spend time with God by reading His Amen. Word. Amen. You spend time with God by meditating upon His Word. Amen. And you spend time with God by prayer. Amen. Right. You have to spend time with the God of the Word. Amen. Amen. And brothers and sisters, next time you're confronted with that seemingly impossible situation, remember this example of Moses and get with the God of the work. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Thank you for your Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace.
If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.